0: often the case in the scriptures the perspective of one book doesn't match the perspective of another book but there's tons of overlap so in second chronicles we have this wide picture of the exile and the beginning of the return of the exile in ezra we have a picture of about 120 years which includes nehemiah but in nehemiah we have a picture of about 20 years and in esther we'll have a picture back on the babylonian side nehemiah is set uh, At the beginning, not in Israel, but then very quickly, he gets to return to Israel. Nehemiah chapter 1 verses 1 through 7 says, The words of Nehemiah, the son of Hakaliah. Now it happened in the month of Jislev, the 20th year, as I was in Susa, the citadel, that Hanani, one of my brothers, came with certain men from Judah. And I asked them concerning the Jews who escaped, who had survived the exile, and concerning Jerusalem. This is a And they said to me, the remnant there in the province, who had survived the exiles in great trouble and shame. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down, and its gates are destroyed by fire. Verse 4, As soon as I heard these words, I sat down and wept and mourned for days, and I continued fasting and praying before the God of heaven. And I said, O Lord, God of heaven, the great and awesome God, who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love him and keep his commandments, let your ear be attentive and your eyes open to hear the prayer of your servant, that I now pray before you, Day and night for the people of Israel, your servants, confessing the sins of the people of Israel, which we have sinned against you, even I and my father's house have sinned. We have acted very corruptly against you and have not kept the commandments, the statutes, and the rules that you commanded your servant Moses. This is what followers of God do. When we see evil or injustice or pain, we are sad before God. We own what we can. We confess. And we repent. then in verse 8, he says, Remember the word that you commanded your servant Moses, saying, If you are unfaithful, I will scatter you among the peoples. But if you return to me and keep my commandments and do them, though your outcasts are in the uttermost parts of heaven, from there I will gather them and bring them to the place that I have chosen to make my name dwell there. They are your servants and your people, whom you have redeemed by your great power and by your strong hand. O oh Lord, let your ear be attentive to the prayer of your servant and to the prayer of your servants who delight to fear your name and give success to your servant today. Grant him mercy in the sight of this man. Now I was cupbearer to the king. One of the most faithful prayers we pray is that God remember his promises. Throughout the Psalms and all over the Bible, frankly, When people are asking God for something, when they're lamenting, they're also saying, remember your promises. Nehemiah understands that part of the promise is when the people worship other gods, God will allow them to fall back into um, the rule of other nations and other kings. And he's responding as a faithful person. In our disorientation, one of the most faithful prayers that we offer is, Lord, remember remember who you are, remember who... And it's not because he's forgotten, but because part of the covenantal... part of covenantal communication is speaking with one another about former conversations and promises. And then we find out he's cupbearer to the king, and we find out indirectly that Nehemiah has been an excellent cupbearer to the king. And in the midst of his conversation about the king, about whether he can go back to Jerusalem, help them build the wall you see a very brief prayer. The king says, what are you requesting? So I prayed to the God of heaven and I said to the king, and we don't know how long he prayed and we don't know what he prayed. And this reminds us that in the middle of challenging circumstances, we can look up either literally or in our imaginations and say silently or out loud, Lord, with a question mark. That's how a lot of my breaths, breath prayers go. And the story goes well. There are There's intrigue, there are aggressors, but ultimately Nehemiah leads the people of Israel with humility before God, with a little bit of hair-pulling, literally, with common sense and courage. Because ultimately he was humble before the Lord, he knew the promises of God to his people, received great confidence that he was called to lead them, mostly through his dramatic and emotional reaction to hearing the plight of the Jews. I kind of wish we knew a little more about how he became so confident as a cupbearer. Where did he learn these leadership skills that he so obviously has? How did he learn diplomacy? How did he learn? to He spoils all sorts of traps from his enemies, but that's not the story that the Holy Spirit led him to tell. It is instead one where a man who is humble before the Lord, who also happened to be very common sense, intelligent, and courageous, led the people, and they were again able to worship. They were again able to be in their home because God never forgets his people.